With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Archangels, ghosts, and Bigfoot, oh my. It's just another night for Supernatural Girls. Real stories, real answers to life's biggest supernatural mysteries. And now, for another exciting interview with paranormal experts from this world and others. Here's your host, paranormal researcher Patricia Baker, on the one, the only, Supernatural Girls. Welcome, everyone, to another exciting episode of Supernatural Girls Radio. I'm your host, Patricia Baker, and I'm here with my co-host, Patricia Kirkman. PK, how are you tonight? Absolutely fabulous. We've had rain the last couple of days. Today is dry, but the <laughs> things are turning green again. My God, I never thought I'd see green in the yard again. That makes me <laughs> In Tucson, that's quite a feat. Good for you. That's nice. We've had a dry spell for so long. My goodness. Well, we have been having so much rain here, it's been a little too much. So we're happy when we get a break from it. Looks like it may be coming back tomorrow, but we did have today dry. So we're kind of in the opposite position of you guys in Tucson. Well, that's for sure. I tell you, every little drop, I'd laugh. My son says, let me put some buckets out, Graham, so you can get some water to water your plants with the good rainwater. I remember my grandmother always used to like the rainwater the best for watering her plants outside. Oh, yeah. So That was the way to go back then. I don't know about today, but back then it was the way to go. I knows what's the rainwater these days. Yeah, <laughs> it's suspicious. Oh, it depends well, on the was... other way down. What? Now, before, actually, before you go to the numbers, I just want to ask you about Michelle Claire last week. Was she fabulous or what? She was dynamite. I just love that lady. She is the cream of the top. That's all there is to it. I think she's great. Yeah, and if any fact, of you missed, I, missed it, please go back say, and listen anybody to it. Michelle is a fabulous psychic medium. Yeah. And PK and I both asked questions, and she just nailed the answers. She was, I know, speaking directly to some of the people we were asking about. So it was a fascinating show. Michelle is terrific. She's out in the Arizona area also, but she does readings, et cetera, by phone. So take a listen to that show. She was right on the money, wasn't she? That's really impressive with her. Definitely. When I had a chance to speak with her afterwards and found out even more how accurate she is about what what's going on. We've got so, a lot of great great things coming because we've got such great guests all the time. <laughs> really? Okay, so I didn't mean to interrupt you because I know you have a lot to tell us about what's coming up by the numbers. So 
Well, I decided going to give us a jump start. The month is almost over, but let's get prepared for August. And the reason I'm saying that because August is going to be a review of last year. And we've got a lot of unfinished business that some of us dealt with, and it deals with the details of things. I'm going to call it down and dirty. This year has been one of major changes, but last year it was all about building a stronger foundation, stepping up to the things that were practical, keeping our patients, putting all that together. So that is exactly what we're going to be facing throughout August. So start thinking about what you can do to build a stronger foundation, anything to do with health or cleaning, clearing, when it comes to land and property. Those are the things that are going to be the major issues. Now, take a look at where you were last year, what was going on, and know that the month of August is going to give you an opportunity. You get to review it, redo the things that were left, so shall we say, semi-done or hanging, those little chads as we call them. <laughs> We've got to really get this put together because the year has still a lot coming for us and at us. So take a look at what you have to build, rebuild, the stronger foundation, and take a look at what you really want to get rid of because August is your opportunity to make everything fall into place. You get to see what's needed. You get to put everything that you want to accomplish in an order so that you can really deal with it. But this is not a month that August will not be a month of any shortcuts. It is a review of last year. Take a look and make a list of all the things that were, shall we say, problematic for you last year and know that those are the things you're going to have to work at now. The month is going to deal with karma, not necessarily personal, but you're going to have to rework some of these things. Practical and being patient, those are going to be the keys throughout the month. And that's what's going to help you get through this because you've got to build a strong foundation because come September, we are reviewing this entire year. So let's take all we can to put August together to get a good foundation so we can go forward. We're all going to need the help because as we can see what's going on around us, isn't very pleasant right now. Just a thought. That sounds great. Well, it's a good time to clean things up, I guess. That's what you're saying for August. So, okay. Got to get the broom out. (laughs) And the shovel. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, my. Well, we have... I'm sorry, go ahead. You had something more to say? I was going to say, it's not going to be pleasant if you try to take shortcuts. Keep your nose to the grindstone. Let's get the job done and get it on track. That way we'll all survive it nicely. That'll be good. It'll be good to survive it nicely. (laughs) Well, we deserve our freedom, and everybody's got to take a look at that one way or another. So... So our show tonight, we've got a fabulous guest. We have Katie Grabowski here. She is the director of MUFON in Colorado. And Katie's got a long history here with investigating UFOs. And she is the state director in Colorado and serves on the Colorado Board of Directors. She's also a STAR, Strike Team, Area Research Investigator for MUFON. And she is Team Lead Administrator for MUFON's Mars team, 
MUFON's active research reporting system. That's what the MARS team is. She also conducts her own independent investigations and research outside of MUFON and likes to present her findings to all of us. So Katie spends a lot of her time traveling to archives for research and to conduct live interviews. And she is the author of Letters of Love and Light, Four Decades of UFO Encounters, Experiences, and Sightings, shared with ufologist R. Leo Sprinkle. And he's been on the show. He's a great guy. And Katie is currently writing her second book, which we're also going to be highlighting tonight, High Strangeness on a Colorado Ranch, the Colorado Skinwalker Ranch, Craft Cattle, Copters, Cryptids, and Cover-Ups. So this, I cannot wait to hear. Katie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here, Patricia. And I'm telling you, that message that we just received for August resonated with me in a way you will never believe. We <laughs> are building, we have eight acres of land up in the mountains, and we're literally, I'm literally today was clearing out all my stuff out of the basement, getting ready to build our foundation up there. We got our water in, our thing. It's been like three years of trying to get this house done up there. So I am excited for that message because I am just right on track with what she was saying. So thank you for that message. <laughs> it's awesome. Fruition for you to the best that it can possibly be. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Oh, that's great. So you are in the midst of building. Wow. Well, that's quite a project. So it's perfect time to clear things out. Well, tell us yeah, about hopefully. how you got involved, Katie, though, with UFOs. How did you get into this? Well, that's a good good question. So I was born in Illinois, actually, and my grandfather um, had a house in Wisconsin, and he actually had a sighting of an oblong crash over Lake Como in the early 60s that was investigated by J. Allen Hynek. And then my family and I lived in Illinois, so we would travel a lot back and forth from Wisconsin into Illinois. And we had two very close encounter sightings of that same oblong-shaped craft in Richmond, Illinois, when we were traveling home. Um, And so that was like early encounters. And, And it's interesting, my mom, she's 90 now, she says, Katie, I think that's when you were zapped, because after one of those sightings, we pulled the car over. She said it was Round curve, there was an oblong craft hovering above the ground. Um, it was about the size of a billboard, she said, because billboards were a big thing back then. And she said I was like catatonic um, after that sighting for a while. They had to like kind of shake me out of that, and I was just a little little thing at the time. Um, fast forward, you know, my mom was a computer operator for uh, United Airlines. She was transferred out to Colorado in 1970. Um, 1975 to 1978 is when things really got interesting for me. I was between the ages of 9 and 12 years old. My parents had divorced in 1973, so my mom had met a gentleman at her work, and he was separated and divorcing his wife, so she had a new love interest. It's kind of this was the 70s. What can I say? But they, <laughs> the 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 boyfriend of my mom had three sons, and they had a ranch out in Kel- Elbert County, Colorado. Now in UFO folklore. It was known um, through APRO as the Clearview Ranch. And the name of the town remained, um, oh, there goes the dog. Um, the name of the town um, remained anonymous because it's a small little town and they didn't want people, you know, going to the town and investigating and all that stuff. So it's not Clearview, Colorado. It's actually in Elbert County, Colorado. 
And, um, you know, for three years, uh, some unbelievable things happened on that ranch. My older sister and I, she was six years older than I, we spent a handful of times out on the property where we both experienced some incredible things. But every week when the boys would come back to the house, they went to a bigger school district out there, we would hear of all the things that were occurring out on that property. Um, And so I can kind of start with a lot of the phenomenon that was happening out there at the time, if you would like me to. Please, we'd love to (laughs) So the property was um, purchased in October of 1975, and it had sat vacant for 13 years prior to that. Um, Neighbors had said there were, you know, lights shooting off and on the off and on the property. Um, There was a rumor of this mysterious structure on the property that just disappeared, which just sounds nuts to me, Um, but it kind of ties into some other really high strangeness events that have occurred out there. Um, And um, right after the family moved in, um, they started hearing like these mechanical sounds coming from underneath the ranch house. They sounded underground, um, a lot of humming sounds, lights in the sky. This was the time when cattle mutilations were really high. Linda Moulton Howe got her start out here investigating the mutilations. Um, She actually lived just a few miles down the road from where we lived in Englewood at the time, and she was out there investigating these mutilations out there in Elbert County, San Luis Valley, and and many other places. Um, So, you know, that first week they were here, they were on the property, one of the cattle was mutilated. Um, I don't claim to be a mutilation expert. That's kind of Christopher O'Brien's and Chuck Sikowski's wheelhouse. But I did do an interview with a a woman who had a very unusual encounter with a calf mutilation, which I'll share with the listeners here in a little while. It's nothing like I've ever heard before, really high strangeness. Um, So I know the humming sounds and the lights in the sky, that's just the beginning. Wow. So (laughs) when you were witnessing all of this, what was going through your mind? Were you um, thinking? Fear. Okay. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. Fear. Uh, uh, the, yeah. This. My sister and I. We were all, and the boys. We were all warned, you know, and threatened actually not to talk about it. And what's really fascinating is I never knew, and I want to make this really understandable. I never knew any of this was ever reported or ever investigated. It was sort of like I, and I, I thought it was just isolated to that ranch property. Um, so what happened in 2012, um, all these memories started resurfacing for me. I raised five kids. I earned my degree. You know, you do, you do your life, right? Everybody's busy just doing life. And these memories never really left me. And so 2012, you know, my kids are older. I have time to, to actually start looking into this. And I just was watching a documentary and heard about MUFON and joined as an investigator right away just so I could start really learning about the phenomenon. And in 2013, I purchased a book called Hunt for the Skinwalker by George Knapp and Colm Kellier, Ph.D., having no idea. I really didn't know much about the Skinwalker Ranch at the time. I just knew it was about UFO and high strangeness on a ranch. And I'm like, oh, oh, that, that's, that's me, you know. And so right. I get to a chapter – I get to the chapter Other Hot Spots, and I read – I'm reading along – 
And in there, they're talking about the Clearview Ranch. It's several pages long, and I was floored. I could not believe what I was reading. I called my sister. I called my mom. I was, like, shocked. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this, this is us. This is the ranch. This is, oh, my gosh. And at that point, I never even knew it was reported. And in that book, Hunt for the Skinwalker, they tell you that um, Dr. Leo Sprinkle John Durr and Peter Van Arsdale, Ph.D., and John Durr's Ph.D., they were all out there researching and investigating the ranch. So at the time, um, Doug Wilson was the state director. He had Leo's contact information. He's old school. He doesn't do emails or anything. I wrote him a handwritten letter explaining who I was and my connection to the property. And within a week, I got a letter back from dear Leo Sprinkle saying, yes, that is the property. I have all the records and files. You know, and I was out a couple days later. Yeah, and I got the original report also, um, the briefing document from um, John Schusler. And John Schusler, for those who don't know, he was one of the founding fathers of MUFON. Um, And so he had the whole briefing document um, back in the day on the Clearview Ranch property, and he bestowed that to me, and I learned so much. And it's just been a Pandora's box of research ever since. Um, You know, I just, I was floored that I was like, oh, my gosh, somebody was out there investigating. And to hold all those documents and all those letters and all that information in your hands um, was fascinating. And then Dr. Leo Sprinkle, and he's so gracious with his time, um, he put me under, he hypnotized me for an hour and a half. And that was kind of interesting what came out there. I still quite don't know what to make of it. But what happened when I was down there researching um, in all of Leo Sprinkle's work in the um, Laramie um, Heritage Center is now I think it's 84 boxes of his work. And I started getting lost in letters. Yeah. He saved every letter that people wrote to him from around the world. And then he saved his response letters. So I would actually get hotels out there and I'm like, honey, I'm going to the archives. I'll see you in three days. And I I went out there, you know, 15, 16 times. I would just photograph all these letters from people from all around the world. And he would always put the the date, the the reply date. And it was so cool to read Leo's progression of thought um, from, you know, the late 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and same with all the people's accounts from around the world. And I'm always looking for similarities between people's experiences. So that's where the book Letters of Love and Light came from. I organ, I read all those letters. I organized them into different chapters. Um, I talk about hypnosis, ET craft descriptions, dreams or memories. A lot of people wrote to Lydia about was this a dream or is this a memory? channeling the ETs, letters from children, and Leo just was so happy and thrilled that I I was honoring his work like this. And I'll tell you, doing something like that for a pioneer makes you really humble really fast because here I am reading letters from just, you know, not only experiencers but professionals in the field from back in the 60s and 70s, and you realize really quick, like, you think you have a breakthrough, you think you're you're figuring out something new and exciting, you know, whether it be frequency, vibration, crystals. They They were talking about that decades ago, and I'm like, oh, man, that's nothing new. That's nothing new. Yes, right, it isn't. um, Yeah, yeah. So it was just a fascinating journey to do that book for Leo. More, well, let me more go back more, if I, I can, research. Uh, Katie, if I can just stop you for a minute, because I don't want to lose a thought that I have. You mentioned with the ranch, 
the humming sound, uh, the machinery, mm-hmm. the sound of machinery underground. It. We've heard mm-hmm. that before. And, PK, where we heard that is about the UFO ranch in Arizona. Do you remember that one? Where the aliens were really troublesome, nasty little buggers. And he described the same thing. And I believe they've described the same type of noises and sounds on Skinwalker Mm -hmm. in Utah as well, right? Isn't that all kind of similar? Yeah, that's right. Are you talking about the Bradshaw Ranch? In Arizona? No. No, no. I'll no, I'm aware of that one, too. What's the name of his yeah. place? My God, I can't even think of it. But, um, no, it's when not When you think of it, you'll have to let me know. Yeah, I, you know, what's interesting, too, is, so it wasn't, I, I have a whole host of activity here, and I can just, I can name them off to you, and then we can go back and revisit them. But, so it was the humming noises underground, the lights, the UFOs, there were actually two different types of ETs that made contact on the property with the older gentleman and the oldest son. There were Sasquatch creatures that were menacing on the property. There was paranormal activity on in the ranch house. There were disembodied voices coming from the air, which my sister and I were both there to witness that. It was really terrifying. Um, we absolutely know there were helicopters, NORAD, and um, the Air Force military connection they were definitely out there we have newspaper articles showing the um, helicopters flying around out there and we actually have um, the sheriff's testimony of his conversations with NORAD so they were out there there were strange mysterious boxes and they would disappear out there which is a whole fascinating thing I'd like to get more into a little later because um, in Laughlin I just learned that they're still being seen, this mis- these mysterious boxes that just vanish and disappear. So those were sighted out there. Both Skinwalker and Colorado Ranch had Native American connections. I don't know if that's a reason for any of these things. But there was just so much activity that was happening out there. And also in the briefing document, I just I learned of two interceptors that were um, sent out, out of Buckley Air Force Base. They were two A-7Ds. And in the report, it says they were in pursuit of a UFO at night. And so I'm like, well, certainly if two interceptor A-70s crashed, there would be newspaper articles. And sure enough, I found them. And just yesterday, I got my FOIA. I know why John Greenwald loves getting FOIA, because I got a big, thick envelope from Kirkland Air Force Base with the reports from these interceptors that crashed. And I'm going through them with a fine-tooth comb now. But some, something interesting about this, it was right at the time of the high strangeness, the mutilations, and the, the craft sightings, they, the, both pilots ejected. They both survived. Both, both aircraft were a complete loss. But what's interesting is they were flying at night in what they said was a training mission over property branches that they had live ammunition on board, which I don't think is very common. So it makes me wonder what they were in pursuit of. And actually in the report, it does state that the, the instructor actually misidentified other lights in the sky or from another aircraft and that confused him and he hit the other interceptor and they both went down. Oh. So, well, you and know, having I, live yeah. ammo on board like that, I mean, they must have known what they were going after and they must have had some type of directive as what they were going to do if they caught it to have live ammo yeah. on board. Yeah. So. <clears throat> and so much of the report is redacted out, which is suspicious to me oh. as well. I'm, you know, I'm like, okay, what are the, yeah, the, the transcripts from the tower to the pilots, there's 
really, it gets kind of interesting. You see something out here, and then it's all blacked out. <laughs> yeah, I'm right. Like, okay. Well, okay, and here's yeah. the name. The name of that other ranch is called Stardust Ranch. Yeah, oh, right. Stardust. Mm-hmm. You're right. I've heard of that. John and his wife Edmonds. stay on the ranch after because of what was going on. She stayed in Phoenix. She wouldn't stay at the ranch with him anymore because of the fear of what was going on. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently yeah. there were a number of portals. These uh, these guys were just walking through, and they were not friendly, for the most part. Yeah, and that that's my experience too. I'm writing down Stardust. I have heard of that before, um, but so the the beings out there. This this first of all was a very eerie time. People kept loaded shotguns by their front door. There were rewards out for the mutilators. They were looking at. Um, you know, religious or different cults out there. They were. It was. You know that sensation of, okay, something's not right here. Um, it got much worse, of course, at night in the evening. Um, so, but the the one scare the scariest night my sister and I both experienced out there. Uh, it was the boys' mother's birthday celebration, and we went out for the day. Um, the adults were hanging in the front room playing board games, and my sister and the three boys and I were back in a room. Can you hear me? Okay, I heard a click on my phone. Uh, yeah, well, they're probably listening yeah. to you. <laughs> Okay. Uh, yeah. Like, but yeah. yeah, we can hear you. We were anyway. cutting out a little bit before, but we can hear you now. <clears throat> okay. Okay. I'm like, oh, I heard click, click on my phone. That was weird. Okay. So um, my sister and the three boys and I were hanging out in the room, in the bedroom, just being teenagers and kids. And the power goes out in the house, and that's scary enough when you're younger. Oh, it's scary. You know, the power's out. Get flashlights. Get candles. And all of a sudden, the brightest light you ever seen comes through the boys' window. Okay, and we're like, what the heck, what the heck is that? And at that moment, this disembodied electrical voice, it sounded like it was coming out of every orifice in the house. It was just booming, and it basically was a warning. It says, you know, we have allowed you to remain. Your friends will remain silent concerning us, da-da-da-da-da, and it was terrifying. Um, Betty, uh, or well, I shouldn't have said her name, but the, the mom um, actually went paralyzed. It was chaos. It was terror. My mom, my sister, and I quickly left. And when we got back home to our house in Inglewood, I was on. I made it home. I was feeling really weird and funny the whole ride home. It's about an hour long drive from the ranch back to our house, 45 minutes to an hour, depending on how fast you're driving. We were probably driving pretty fast that night. But get home. I make it into the the front of the house on the living room floor I'm laying down and I couldn't speak and my mom and my sister were yelling what did you eat what did you eat what's wrong with you what's wrong with you should we call an ambulance and I was trying to say peanut butter and jelly sandwich I'm nine years old at the time and I couldn't speak I don't know how long this lasted maybe a few minutes and what that ended up being was my first really major bad migraine headache and after that night migraines became a really big problem for me. I'd get them severely, like weekly. And I never put the the UFO in the light in that whole incident. I never connected it to the migraines until just recently somebody after the Laughlin conference came up to me and said, you know, that's like magnetic kind of things going off in your brain. You know, your synapses firing and your that 
could have been affected by that that night that kind of jump-started or kick-started these migraine headaches for me. And I've heard that with other experiencers as well. But that night alone was very, very terrifying. Gosh, this is action-packed. Now, when you (laughs) did the regression with Dr. Sprinkle, did Mm -hmm. anything come up about you being aboard a craft? Yeah, yeah, it did. And, you know, I I have, like, flashback kind of dream-like things about that. Um, and what's really interesting, and I, I share it in some of my paper, I don't like talking about it very much because I'm not one of those people who just, yes, I'm an abductee, yes, I have these memories. Because for me, it's um, I'm unsure about it. I, I, I don't know what to make of it, but what's interesting to me is when I'm digging through Leo's files, there were some drawings from children in there. And one of the memories that I have is this big oblong shaped, like transparent side of a craft where you Mm -hmm. can look through like a window. And and something that came out during hypnosis is that I was surrounded by these tall, light blue beans they were very soft they were this very pretty shade of blue they were very not very loving protective type et beans and i was looking out this window and i was watching children playing and i was confused i in what's really weird in the in the session my voice changed to like really childlike i was like talking i was going like 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 my like my voice sort of changed and I said something like and I wasn't scared and so it's so creepy sounding to me because it's like me talking as a little girl and I wasn't scared and and it was creepy and I'm watching these kids and I'm just a kid I'm only nine so I'm not sure why they're showing me these children playing out there and what they were telling me what came out in the hypnosis is that the ETs are so advanced that they have become like well-oiled machines, that they have lost the ability to have creativity and a broad range of emotion, and they're working with humans, humankind, mankind, to get some of that range back, that they've lost that creative side to themselves. And that's what came out through the hypnosis. And, you know, it's interesting. It's interesting. I don't know what to make of it, and I'm not. I'm not willing. I'm. You know. I don't know. I don't know if I was on Warcraft or not. Um, right. But right. that came out. Well, so, it's fascinating. Yeah, and we've heard this before. You know, we have heard this uh, about alien beings that they've lost the ability, or they don't have the ability. Period. To express or know emotions, and so it is one of the oh, things really? that makes us so interesting. But yeah, we've heard this several times, at least from people who've had experiences huh. with them. And, yeah, so so that is interesting. Here you are saying this again, and it makes sense. That might be why they're yeah. so interested. And plus, I know that um, Leo probably was talking to you a little bit about hybrids and how mm-hmm. with hybrid children, the way they're basically grown in their labs, they also don't have an understanding of human interaction of uh, the things that we learn, basically, when we're growing in a womb. They don't have any of that. And that's why we've heard that people have been co-opted, abductees have been co-opted into helping to teach them what to do. So, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. So there's there's a lot to this whole thing of being human, I guess, that other 
energy forms, whether they're interdimensional or alien, find mm-hmm. a value to them. I mean, meanwhile, right. we run and away have- from our emotions as fast as we can. <laughs> right. Right? That's sure. true. Have you... Have you ever heard of any of your guests or anybody talk about, you know, it seems to me um, that a lot of the experiencers or they kind of go through some rough spots in their life. Like they don't always have the easiest of times, uh, trauma or pain or, you know, like, cause another message that came through was like, Hey, I know it's been rough. It's not been the easiest thing, but hang in there, you know, thank you. We got you kind of thing, you know, and I didn't know, have you heard that before? Yes. I mean, nobody, yeah. especially abductees, I think, have an easy life. There's many challenges yeah. that the abductees we've had on the show have faced, whether they be health-related or family concerns or whatever. And and the abduction experience doesn't necessarily smooth anything over. It, most yeah. of the time, it can make things a lot worse because they don't feel believed, listened to by their friends and family. So yeah. Katie, it can make I'm things curious. More painful. Where in Illinois are you from? Um, we lived in Des Plaines. Des um, uh-huh. And I was born, yeah, I was born in Park Ridge. Okay. The, the reason, because were you getting any feelings when you were back in that area prior to uh, what took place after you after yeah, you yeah. moved on? You know, it's interesting you say that. Um, I, the, some of the... Mm, I was so little there, so I was like maybe three three or four years old, but one of my profound memories is being in our house in Des Plaines, Illinois, being this really young little girl playing in the grass um, and being very, very connected to something out there that was profound, like that was way bigger than myself, being connected to the bugs and nature and having this sense. I can't even explain it exactly. Um, and I sort of held on to that a little bit. I, I always had this place under a willow tree I would always go to and connect. Um, because during these years, 75 to 78, uh, I did feel sort of isolated, especially my sister and I, you know, having gone through, uh, we lost our house. Um, that's the whole And my parents divorced, but then having all this high strangeness stuff happening and then being told not to talk about it. You know, and you try to talk to your friends about it. it. Uh, the adults and my, my mom and the the her friend, her male friend that had the property, um, the people that own the property, um, plus the ET warning or that booming voice, you will be warned not to talk about it. So we're like, uh, we always heard, you know, Chris, Katie, don't you talk about this. Don't tell anybody about this. Um, you know, bad Gee, things they can were, happen. They so were worse I could, than the government. So what what about yeah. Men in Black? Did you have any visits from Men in Black? Yeah, uh, not that not that I recall, but again, it's interesting you say this because um, you know I, I had dyslexia and I had some speech impediments and some learning disabilities in school. Um, I think with you know the house fire and everything else, that wasn't my priority in life was the ABCs, and so but I was pulled out like two or three times a week into this room. 
and I thought it was just for learning disabilities and testing and that, but I just had somebody recently say, you might want to revisit that um, and really try to go back into your memory about what that was about. Because something that was interesting that came about and a question I always have about the ranch property is what was the involvement of NORAD and the military and the government out there? What did they know and what were they trying to do? And, you know, even in the original briefing document, it, it stated that, you know, even the the owners at the time were like, they felt like they were being chased out. Like maybe somebody was doing this to them to scare them away off the property, um, you know. And there's, like I said, there were newspaper articles. So I had flown out to Florida to conduct an interview with the undersheriff of Elbert County at the time. He has passed away. His name was Bill Waugh. I went out to Florida to interview his widow, Jean, and his son, Keith. And I have great audio recordings. And Jean, she was just the sweetest lady. She comes out and she pulls out this big binder of newspaper articles from the time that she had saved all these years because they had mentioned her husband or Georgie Arnell. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. And it was just chock full of information and incidences and names. And she's like, oh, Katie, you take it home and send it back to me, which I did. But in there, there were newspaper articles about these menacing helicopters. These copters were out there like chasing children out in fields. Like, why are they doing that? Why are they trying to terrify people? You know, what is the motivation behind that? And so interestingly enough, so it's always been a question in my mind. Interestingly enough, out in Laughlin and controversially, they had Richard Doty as a speaker who is a self-proclaimed disinformation officer. And um, he um, was out there speaking and I had just kind of met him. He was walking in the door. I was walking out the door and I said, hey, Richard, I, I would like to talk to you about the ranch out in Colorado. You know, I was curious if he knew anything about it. And he just kind of responded. And, yeah, we were just talking about your presentation I had presented the day before. And I don't know who we were, but I asked him, I'm like, you know, was the military out there? Were you out there? Were you aware? What do you think was going on at the time? And he was very kind and he was very nice. And he said, you know, I, you know, as far as the A7D interceptors, I would, you know, FOIA the Kirkland Mishaps Office, which I did, and I just got papers back. So that was nice. But he said he, it's his belief that two things were happening simultaneously at the same time, that there was probably psychological experiments or DARPA experience, experiments happening out there um, in Elbert County to the townspeople and possibly the, just that ranch, and that there were unexplained phenomenon and UFO activity happening also. And I think that oftentimes as investigators and researchers, we want very simple answers. We want Occam's razor, just real simple answers. And I think the truth of the matter is that it's not that simple. I think that a lot of the mutilations can be explained by our own actions, but there's a handful that are left that are very high strange that we can't explain. So, and another reason I think that could have uh, some truth to it is in the briefing document, they talk about an officer from Camp Carson or Fort Carson now, who is out on the ranch property. The back of the ranch property is uh, forested with ponderosa pines. And he says that 
he felt like something took over his mind, like mind control, and it made him walk towards the pine trees, the forest, and then it would release him, and he would run back, and then it would take over his mind, and he would be pulled back into the forest, and then it would release him. And this happened five times to this gentleman, and it's reported in the briefing document. To me, that sounds like mind control. Oh, You yeah. know? It yeah. does. So, Very much so. Yeah. Right, right. Um, so the, when I went, I also um, drove to Wyoming and interviewed uh, another witness out there. Her family in this town in Albert County basically pioneered. They have streets named after their family and everything. They, they had huge history. You know, you go to the museum, it's all about her family. And she was, um, had a couple of really profound experiences out there that she had shared with me. Um, and one in particular um, she was driving home. She said um, her mom was driving. She was in the front. She had friends in the back. They were coming home from 4-H, um, and it was night, and up on the hill, she saw the brightest light. She said it was like the sun setting on the ground. Um, so they pull the car over, and they witness a platform out of a craft, and she said in her mind she knew right then that's how they were taking the cattle up this platform, doing what they do, and then dropping them back down. They watch this thing shoot off, okay? They call the sheriff right away. The sheriff comes out there and investigates. But the reason she remembers it so clearly is because she just had her driver's permit because her mom was so shaken up and so upset by this encounter that she had to drive the car home. And she was, you know, a nervous wreck. She just had a permit. Her friends are in the back. We just saw this craft. So that's one of her encounters. And then the second encounter, right after high school, she was married and moved to Rama, Colorado. Again, very rural, just uh, farmers and ranchers out there, mostly ranchers, cattle ranchers. And it's just on the border of Elbert County. And her husband, so this was in 1978, her husband was out on the property on horseback checking the the cows for calves. And he came upon a calf, and it was dead. And the calf had four cuts in a perfect square, bleeding. And the top of the fur had been removed, but the the skin was still there, okay? So four Mm -hmm. incisions, skin removed. He's like, oh, my gosh, what is this? He gets on his horse. He rides back to the house. He gets Sheila. They return in the truck. By the time he got back with Sheila in the truck, the calf had been completely mutilated, organs removed, blood drained, all of it. And what's really cool is a couple of weeks later on Facebook, she's like, oh, Katie, I just found the photographs from that calf. Oh. So she sent me the photographs. And not only that, she had photographs of a calf that was killed by a coyote kill. So you can compare the two. The coyote kill, it's like they jump on the calf's back. It's a mangled mess. It's chewed. It's pretty graphic. It's, you know, it's, it's icky. The, the mutilated calf, completely different. It's clean cut incision, blind organs and removed. And I there was no sound of helicopter, no tracks. Yeah. yeah, no, nothing. Yeah. And no footprints, no, no nothing no around sounds. the calf And they're miles, way. no, they're miles off the road. Um, she said they felt like they were being watched. She said it felt evil. She, it, it, it was, um, you know, these are very religious, grounded people. They don't necessarily even like talking 
you know, about it. And that's kind of the mentality of a, a lot of folks that went through this is A, they were terrified. B, they don't like talking about it because it did have a sense of like heaviness to it. And I think the reason I'm able to dig so deeply into it is because I experienced a lot. At the same time, I was one step removed from it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I think you're doing a real service by writing this book because it doesn't help anybody to be silent about things like this. It just tends to make them feel more isolated, like they're keeping a secret, like they have to keep a secret. It's not healthy. And so you're going to be giving people an opportunity to talk to you about their experiences and each other if they so choose. And I think that's so important in the paranormal world is that these communities need need to be formed so that people get a chance to do this without judgment, you know, without without saying I'm crazy or whatever, or being afraid. Because mm-hmm. even though this energy of this ranch was fairly heavy, possibly evil forces afoot, you still need to be able to come together and talk about these things and maybe figure yeah. out what's going on. Now, in with Skinwalker Ranch in Utah, they talked about portals and these very large wolves coming through the portals and spaceships coming through the portals. Is that the same thing that was happening in Clearview? Um, I believe so. Um, We didn't have the big gigantic wolves. We did have the Sasquatch creatures out there, and I do believe those creatures were directly connected to the craft. I know that's controversial, but in this case, it seemed to be the case. Um, But they did have reports of these large birds out there, like three foot tall birds that almost look like phoenixes. Mm-hmm. Um, but there, there was so I don't know what that's about. That's kind of so these cryptids. That's where the cryptids kind of come in. The crypto creatures and the the, the Sasquatch creatures. Um, and what's strange about the Sasquatch creatures? They 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 reported seeing them like over by the barn, almost like watching the house, um, pounding on the walls, like trying to scare the family out. Um, hmm. and, the, and they did they did get hair they did get uh, prints um, I wish I knew what happened to that evidence obviously it's been so many years ago I can't get my hands on it but um, another interesting thing talk kind of a little bit about you know a dimensional aspect or portals or doors are these boxes um, that and so one day I was out there it was an afternoon they had hound dogs we were in the truck and they're like, oh, let's go drive. They had like, you know, a path that drove around the back of the ranch house, back behind the Ponderosa Pines. So we were in the truck driving through the Ponderosa Pines. We come to a stop, and all of a sudden that humming sound comes up, and everybody's out of the truck. The dogs are out. We're like, okay, what's that humming sound? We look over. Behind me is this box. It's blinking. It has lights on it. It's making a B sound. Like, mm. and we're like, oh, my God, it's a box. It's a box. We look over. Bam, the box is gone. It oh just my. disappeared. And so I remember that happening. But what really, when we got this report and when I got the newspaper articles and had the interview with Gene and Keith, is Bill Wall, the sheriff, was on patrol one night. And he sees this box and the lights where he knew there was no road. It wasn't a car. He sees this thing. He doesn't want to approach it himself. So he goes back. He gets a pop sheriff goes back with the posse sheriff a few minutes later the box is gone and he said the trees the tree that it was sitting next to was also gone 
Oh, I mean, oh the guy goodness. knows the territory very well. He said it's like they went into the ground. And when I first read this a couple of years ago, I'm like, that just sounds crazy to me. How can a tree disappear? Or how can a box disappear? But, A, I witnessed the box disappear way back out. And, I mean, this is a sheriff and a posse sheriff. And, and so I get out to Laughlin, and I'm talking to Trey, who has the Meadows property now, um, ranch, and um, – James Keenan, who is doing investigations in the Skinwalker Ranch, and they are seeing these disappearing boxes as well. So I'm like, this what's up with these disappearing boxes? Yeah. This fascinating. I don't know what boxes. Yeah, what could that be that is so strange? Does anybody have photography mm-hmm. or film of these boxes? I believe Trey does. I believe he has them on thermal um, from the meadows. And I believe Skinwalker, if, I, I think one of the episodes, I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's the box. And it kind of freaked me out because I'm thinking, oh, the boxes are long gone, right? This was yeah. 40 years ago. There's no more boxes. So now I'm like, oh, my gosh, they're still around. They're still watching, which is a scary thought to me personally. Um, I had a woman come up to me, though, after my presentation in Laughlin because I was telling them about Sheila and the calf, and, and you know, I, I shared the photos of that. I'll also be in Oregon at the McMinnville um, uh, UFO conference they're having in September, and I'll be giving the presentation and sharing the photos there. If anybody's in Oregon area, come out. That would be oh, awesome. Great. But um, I had a lady come out, and she's like, you know, because one thing Sheila mentioned, she said the cattle in the pastures where the mutilations were happening all huddled together, and they were calm. But the cattle in adjoining pastures where the mutilations weren't occurring were all freaked out and acting chaotic. Mm-hmm. And she said have you ever considered the fact that these boxes could be like a mind control or calming some emitting some sort of frequency to calm the cattle down? I'm like, I've never thought of that before, but that would make sense to me. Or they could be a, that a communication device for the ETs. Cause there were two different types of ETs spotted out there on that property. What were they? What types? Yeah. So when I went to um, the archive center, there were two sketches drawn at the time. And when I saw the sketch, there was a sketch of the Sasquatch creature, which they, by the way, called them white fuzzies um, to Mm. me when I was a kid because they were like gray haired. Um, And I think that I think that term came to be because back in the late 70s, I don't know if anybody will remember, but T.A. for tots. It was like a, a, a popular series in books, and they had white fuzzies and cold pricklies. So I think my mom said they were white fuzzies to make them sound not so scary to me since I was a young girl. Anyway, yeah. um, but they had a sketch of the, the Sasquatch creature, and then they had a sketch of this E.T. creature. And it was nothing like I had ever seen before. It um, had all not as big, not the big typical alien wraparound eyes, but smaller almond-shaped eyes like a heavy brow, wrinkles on the forehead, wrinkles around the mouth, like little <laughs> that stuck out from both sides of the, the head. Um, and um, I just, I've never seen anything like it. So I, I didn't put it out on the internet. I didn't do anything with it. I just kind of stuck it in my back pocket to see if I could find anything that matched that description of this ET, very mechanical looking, this weird box like its body was like a square rectangle box, really long, spindly arms, very mm-hmm. skinny, very strange looking. And I really feel that E.T. was the E.T. connected to these weird boxes. I think oh, they're the ones that okay. aren't so nice. 
Um, the other ET figure that was seen there was more Nordic looking, more human like. And I think they, I think in the reports it stated and the people, the people that owned the property at the time said these ETs were in conflict with one another and we were just sort of like in their way. We were oh. like at this, like, yeah, like we've allowed you to remain. Just don't bother us. We won't bother you. We're doing our whatever they're doing there. And they seem to be in conflict with one another. Now, what's interesting is a couple years after I got this photograph, um, I was the guest speaker coordinator at the time for Colorado MUFON, and we have our monthly meetings and our speakers in. And there was a gentleman named Sean Bartok who had written a book called Flashbacks. And I invited him to present. And I'm just sitting in the third row, like everybody else, watching his presentation. And he was that they owned in Castle Rock, which wasn't very far from the ranch property um, in the 1970s, so even earlier than my experiences. And up come these two sketches of these beings that they had interactions with. And mm-hmm. you couldn't get a closer match. And in my presentation, I actually morphed the two together. Same tubes, same eyes, same wrinkles, same heavy brow, same eye shape, same face shape, same everything. And to me, that's like my favorite case in all of ufology because it's so personal to me. I'm like, what are the chances of that? This is 14 miles away from one another around that same decade, almost identical ET beings being you know, described. It, right. It's just phenomenal to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's absolutely amazing. And in that book, Letters of Love and Light, I share that and I have the photographs in there. Um, but um, it's absolutely incredible. And so we've, of course, have gone out to, to lunch a few times and, you know, compared notes and also, I mean, just right down the line, humming noises, the Sasquatch creature, I mean, just check off every box and they experience the same thing. Um, well, now, you're in a so, unique position, Katie, to to really meet the right people and start to bring all of these pieces of the jigsaw puzzle together. But one of the mm-hmm. questions that I think a lot of people have is, especially regarding the ranches, what do the ETs have to do? What are they doing here on this planet? And you talk about, well, whatever they're doing. I think that's the question. What the heck are they doing Especially on Clearview, especially at Skinwalker in Utah. What are they doing? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, You know, and when we get into the whys, it's it's so hard to know or understand why. But one thing I did do, I did a a little bit of research in preparing for the presentation in Laughlin. Um, You know, I, I just buried myself for years in this research that I wasn't, I don't know, I, I, I was absorbed in, finding answers that I wasn't at this point of sharing yet. So this sharing part is kind of new for me, you know, since the doing the book and I know I need to get the second book out and written because I feel like I'm at the point now that I've learned so much it's time to share. But in preparing to share, I was doing some research on these ranches. And um, so the Mars program that you mentioned at the beginning of the show, it is what that is, is all the pre-case management system or all you know, when you send a report into MUFON now, it's all online. It's all digital. But before we did that, everything was on paper. So what the Mars team did, we had a team of people. I headed the team, and we all redacted all the private sensitive information, you know, names, phone phone numbers, addresses, places of employment, and so on and so forth. So eventually, all those old files can be shared for researchers, right? 
And as yeah, I'm going great. through all these old cases, yeah, as I'm going through all these old cases, I find another report out in Ohio, Ohio Pile, Pennsylvania. And I'm reading this because you have to, one redactor will read the whole report. I mean, you have to read these reports verbatim, word for word for word, and redact information out that's sensitive or, you know, medical inappropriate. And then we have a second redactor that reads them. So you're reading these reports, you know, page after page after page after page. It took years to do this project. And anyway, I'm reading this report from Ohio, Ohio Pile, Pennsylvania, and it's the same thing. Sasquatch, the humming noises, the craft, the police calls, multiple witnesses. And I'm like, oh my God. And it's called the Ohio Pile, Pennsylvania creature, creature case. And um, so when I'm preparing for Laughlin, I'm, I'm like, okay, what do all these places have in common? I stick a pin in Ohio, Ohio, Pennsylvania. I stick a pin in Skinwalker, and they're in a straight line across the United States, number one. But then I start looking at the, the Colorado Ranch, um, the Bradshaw Ranch, the Ohio, Ohio Ranch, the Meadows Ranch, and all these other properties, and there's a, a website that has the magnetism maps of the United States. So you can see that... How, um, where they are on the scale of magnetism. So that when it's highly, highly magnetized, it, it pings at the lightest shade of purple or a pink. It's a super light shade of pink, and it means it's the ground there is highly, highly magnetic. And every single location of the high strangeness ranches fall in this light shade of pink. So they're highly magnetized locations, and I'm wondering if that doesn't open up some portal or door. Also, you look at the geolo yeah the geological properties that are found there. And after the my conference in Laughlin and learning about oh my gosh they're seeing these boxes still and learning about some of the the rocks and minerals that are found at these other locations, I have a lot more work to do out here in Elbert County to go see you know was there um, uh, media meteorite impact. Um, you know, found there, um, gilsonite and different m minerals that maybe open up these portals. I don't know, but um, it's a question I have, and there's so much more work to be done for sure. Well, the high magnetic field with these places makes a lot of sense, especially to do with portals. So, yeah, I think you're onto something there that's a really important key. But here's the mm -hmm. question I have for you. You know, a skinwalker, to me, one of the most terrifying creatures on the earth <clears throat> because of the mm -hmm. way they've melded themselves uh, into whatever they want to be, you know, but they're supposedly quite evil, quite dangerous. And mm -hmm. as you know, the Native Americans have a whole way of staying away from them <laughs> as much as possible, right. not mentioning right. the name of the person that mm -hmm. is the skinwalker. There, there's a whole bunch of rules and regulations here. But mm -hmm. on, I haven't heard of a skinwalker on Skinwalker Ranch or on any of these other ranches. So I'm wondering uh, why they're using those terms, because skinwalker is specific to a certain type of creature that can be very deadly, very dangerous, can make you super sick. I mean, there's all kinds of things that can go wrong when you encounter right. one of them. So I'm just wondering, right. were there creatures like that at, at Clearview? Right. Um, that That's a really great question. 
And I know at Skinwalker, anyway, they do talk about that really ginormous wolf dog-like creature that was shot at and shot at and it didn't die. So it's always been my assumption, and this is just me talking here and my assumptions, that they considered that a Skinwalker, that that was possibly a Skinwalker. Yeah. Right. And so as far as Clearview or the Elbert County Ranch, um, we had the cryptids, you know, the Sasquatch and the large birds, not these large dogs. And there is that Native com- Native American connection. Skinwalker was the Ute in the Navajo and in Colorado, Cheyenne and Arapaho. But it's also important to know that the Ute tribes did hunt in that area. Because um, they went from Utah into Colorado, um, so is it cursed land? I don't know, but that's why I opted, and I even thought about, it, and I still might take the word Skinwalker out. So the book High Strangeness on a Colorado Ranch, and I put the Colorado, and then in quotes Skinwalker Ranch. Um, you know, no, no Skinwalkers there. But the reason I I've kept it in for now, a the Skinwalkers really well known, so people automatically go, oh, it has similar, if not identical, um, similarities to the Skinwalker Ranch, number one. But two, um, there is that Native American connection, and the the ranch itself was scary. It was heavy feeling. Um, it was eerie. It, it wasn't a positive thing, and I think the Skinwalker kind of gives that feel to that. Absolutely. I, I don't personally yeah. think that yeah. that wolf was a skinwalker. I think it was something else entirely. But I don't yeah, mind could be. You know, anybody using that term, but I was just curious right. about if yeah. anybody actually spotted a skinwalker on those places in and, and either one of those ranches. But it's, it's interesting because right. you're right. Skinwalker mm-hmm. carries a, a very terrifying energy with it. Yeah. And, I mean, really, yeah. we've had a lot of people on the show talking about Mothman and Bigfoot and Wolfman and other types of cryptids, and nothing seems to scare as much as the Skinwalker. Um, so I think it's a good thing to keep in to let people know this is not anything to fool around with. And what's the status of Clearview now? Is it personally owned by a family or individuals? It is is personally owned i um right before covid left a, it's a gated off um it's still very rural out there um there is a more um um uh, like a they're still on like half acre properties but they have built the area up a little bit but still the ranch itself it's like 40 acres right now, um, uh-huh. and it is gated. So I left a note <laughs> in the box, and the family um, left me a message back, and then COVID hit, and, you know, we were in lockdown. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, I'm not going to text these people. I'm not going to tell them about these terrifying things over the telephone. Right. Um, and since since everything lifted and the restaurant's been open, I've tried calling them and left a message and no response back. So I don't know what the hesitation is with me there. I don't know if it's like a PTSD thing. I, I kind of get it even just driving around the area. My, my Both my sister and I have done that a couple of times to get footage and stuff. Yeah. Um, so that's still, um, that's a, a chapter yet to be written. And now that I'm doing the book, I'm going to be like really knocking on their door like, hey, because number one, I really need to know, is anything still going on 
all these years later. Um, so, yeah, I'm working on that. Um, we don't get a lot of reports out of Elbert County, but talking with Sheila, who still knows a lot of the, the ranchers out in the area. And matter of fact, she had a photograph of a recent mutilation. And I'm like, oh, was it reported? Did he report it? Oh, no, they, ranchers don't report these anymore. Number one, they don't, they don't want the attention, publicity. Number two, they know nothing's going to come of it. They don't want the stigma. Um, they write it off on their taxes, and that's the end of it. Um, so, you know, a lot of people, it's just sort of like that small town, let's not report it kind of kind of deal. So, yeah. but um, there is still a heaviness to the area, just being in the car driving. And that could be just, again, because of my experiences there. <laughs> Maybe somebody yeah. else driving around wouldn't know any different. But for me, I'm just like, oh. And then, unfortunately, Sheila had some property out there for sale, but they just sold it. Because I'm like, oh, I want to do a, a, a sky watch out there. And I, I'm, you know, I still want to go do that before the end of the summer, is just to go out there and do a sky watch out in Elbert County. Um, and just see if we see or feel anything out there at the time. And that kind of goes back to the skinwalker stuff. Like, I feel like, you know, when when you're messing with the paranormal world, um, you have to be really careful what you're inviting in. Um, And uh, so if and when I do go out there, it's like ground yourself, protect yourself in white light, positive thinking, no fear, you know, keep away. And that kind of scares me because there was so, so I don't want these people back in my life. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, Yeah. I think you have to tread carefully with all of these things because one of the things you said in this uh, time we have together tonight was very interesting. It sounds like they've taken ownership over that area. So Mm -hmm. humans are considered interlopers, both at Clearview and both at Skinwalker. So I think humans do have to be extremely careful because the aliens have staked out their territory, and this is theirs. That's what it feels like when you talk about it. Yeah, Yeah, it, it does feel like that to me as well, and it felt like that back at the time, like we were on somebody's property. (laughs) <laughs> like, you know, and you know what's really interesting about this, and this is something that bothers me personally, is whatever this is, it feels like it attached itself to me because it would follow me home. I, from that time on, I felt watched all the time, like all the time. I felt so much so, that, you know, I'm in elementary school at the time, and and. You know, we didn't have buses. I lived about, let me think, one, two, three, four, five, maybe eight or nine houses, you know, from the elementary school that I'd walk back and forth to every day, right? Uphill, both ways, and snowstorms, barefoot, Um, that kind of thing. (laughs) So, but when I'd walk, when I'd walk back and forth to school, um, if a car came by and a motorcycle was particularly frightening, I would run up to the nearest house as if I lived there because I was always in fear of being yeah. taken. Yeah. Um, um, so that sense of being watched and the shadow figures, that's when the shadow figures started in my room. That's when the lucid dreams and the nightmares started. That's when the migraine started. So all these kind of symptoms started up right with the ranch activity. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't know if, if who, whatever the beings are that are out there attach themselves to people that visit these locations 
You know what I mean? Well, so yeah, I would think like that they're to perfectly me. capable of it. And, again, uh, they're very curious about humans to a certain degree. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it's no different, I would guess, than going into a house that's sufficiently haunted and people get followed out all the time So and attached yeah. to and things like that. But those, those people that have passed on, they still hold dominion over those houses. They're theirs, you know. Hey, PK, what yeah. about the um, the numbers of Clearview Ranch? Can you take a look at that? Yeah, I can do that. Let's take a look at that. Just curious to see what that turns out to be because there's obviously a tremendous amount of activity there. And it's um, now here's another thing. I I asked about Men in Black. They didn't show up, but I would imagine the government's been very interested in in Clearview Ranch. Mm hmm. Because they got their nose into all this stuff. Right. I'm actually just looking at a, a paper that was in the report, and it's written by Bill Wall, the undersheriff, and this is what he quoted. So he said, Bill Wall, the undersheriff, wants to talk to someone. This is in Leo Sprinkle's notes, okay? Mm-hmm. He, has seen sh- he, he has seen ships going into the ground, boxes, mutilations being done. Nobody will talk. Don't want investigation or publicity. No stigma. Credentials, important factor. Um, John would go back. John was one of the owners of the ranch. He has since passed. It said, NORAD colonel said bluntly to forget it, to shut up. Air Force has, Air Force head has directive to handle the UFOs and Bigfoot. Oh, it's under the Air Force. That was in Leo's Yeah. And I mean, the Air Force Academy is right there. I mean, it's just fascinating. And just last week, I did a, a presentation in Canyon City, Colorado, for a small group of people. And somebody uh, that happened to be there that um, had a couple high clearances and did a lot of work for General Electric. And I'm actually set to meet with this gentleman soon. I don't want to give his name out, obviously, for obvious reasons. But um, in his emails to me, he's like, look, um, I, I I can explain some of what was happening out there on the ranch. Oh, my um, God. So, Wouldn't that be great, so, huh? Yeah. So if I keep at this, and I'm thinking, well, somewhere these helicopter pilots must be around. Somebody yeah. is flying these things. Somebody has answers out there to some of the stuff. And There's even if the answer is, look, here. we were just out there trying to investigate the high strangeness of what's going on, I'm okay with that. But somebody out there has answers to some of this. And it's been so many years now. Decades have gone by. It's like, come on, just give me a little breadcrumb here. Tell me, <laughs> you know, this has affected this has affected and impacted my whole sister's life. And yeah. the people that lived on the ranch, none of them live in the state anymore. They've all moved out of the state. Mm-hmm. I've, I'm friends with the youngest son on Facebook. He really, he's like, you know what, that's a whole part of my life I choose to forget. Um, oh they're still fearful of it. Um, so this this impacted a lot of people. And it so sure some did. answers would be nice. Yeah, some answers yeah, would be nice. Yeah, you can get some. Um, that the, would be great. It sounds like they know something oh. about the technology that's being used. So, PK, what is the, what is yeah. the name add up to be? Well, one of the things that I'm picking up with this has a lot to do with the, all the communication that's been going. It's almost there's been a lot of sleight of hand by what's been said and what's been done. There's a lot of things that revolve around people at a distance or things that are uh, 
given the opportunity to look like something other than what they truly are. Mm. There's a lot of changes that will always go on with that, but the changes are coming about because it's a building point. There's information there that has not been totally brought out yet, and there will be Mm. some communications that can come out as early as this next year. People oh wow! Of authority figures, because we're, we're in, a, we are in a universal five. There's a lot of five stuff going on in details. Look, there's a possibility that something could even come out as early as next month. Wow! Oh wow! The, I mean, this, as far as far as figuring out some answers. Yes, definitely, because there are a lot more answers that uh, have been covered up. But there's going to be an opportunity. Somebody's, it's going to be a sleight of hand thing. Someone's going to make a mistake and say something that's going to make it like a snowball effect. It will start opening other doors. There's some major changes oh. that are coming about, the details of what it, but it's all about communication. And there's going to be some of that that's going to start as early as next month. Oh, wow. So I need to keep communicating. Do you feel that? I need to keep pushing? Most definitely. Most definitely. And something okay. from a distance something that's uh, an authority figure of uh, a higher echelon is going to open the door or say something that's going to let you open a door. Oh, cool. Okay. I think I know exactly. I have a couple doors that I, oh, good. Uh All right. (laughs) It's it's going to start very soon. And it's going to startle you because it's going to happen so quickly. You'll think it's a mistake. And then all of a sudden you realize, uh uh-uh. This is just the beginning. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, that's, that's exciting add some news. Great, great material to your book, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I'm, I, I, I like archives and I'm a researcher by nature. So, like I said, you know, digging and digging. And, and maybe I'm going to get to a point where they're like, what are we going to do with this girl? We can't get her to stop <laughs> Well, thank goodness you're doing this. And I I worry a little bit about disinformation. I worry about being, you know, handed a hook, line, and sinker. Um, And I'm, I'm like, fearful of that. Like, I don't want to be told lies or more cover-ups or more this or more that. Um, I mean, just... You'll know. You're going to know. You're going to get that. I'm going to call it that gut feel of something. Mm -hmm. It's going to be like... Peeling, peeling an onion. The, okay. the first skin that comes off is kind of fragmented and whatever, and then all of a sudden it starts to become more of the, the whole being. Mm. Yeah, so you'll pick up well, on that's it exciting. for sure. Well, th- it is, because you have a big investment in this for good reason. I mean, this is a part of your early mm-hmm. life on this ranch, mm-hmm. and you had personal experiences that are so remarkable. So to get answers at this point would be great. And I happen to know that there are a lot of people high up in the military that are really tired of the secrecy. So perhaps one of them is is just going to tell you this is what's going on. I mean, um, it was interesting. We had Tom Dongo on the show a few weeks back, and he was talking about um, a gentleman he knows that's high up in the military and he got tired of all the secrecy, and he just said, I'm just going to go tell the truth. And they dragged him into somebody's office and said, we will never tell the American people the truth. I think mm-hmm. that's a real story. I think that is exactly what happened. 
the government's never going to want to tell us as a whole what's going on. Just like the report they just issued is really a nothing burger. Mm-hmm. So yeah. with with um, somebody in the military who's tired of the secrecy, who may be retiring or whatever, and just says, no, screw it, I'm just going to tell the truth, you could luck out mm-hmm. on this. Like PK said, next month something may pop that really gives you some great information that you can run with. Because mm-hmm. you're right, this information right. is a big concern for everybody. Mm-hmm. And we've all they, been... they give us too many teasers. Just so right. that we... Uh-huh. I mean, one of the, yeah, one all of the newspaper again. articles... Yeah, one of the newspaper articles um, in that in that stack of papers talked about this metal material that was found out there. I was taken to a lab. There's photographs of it in the paper. And it it was found during, you know high strangeness UFO craft time. So I'm wondering, you know, and even the little bit I've talked to this gentleman that I just recently met, which fits a description of what you were just talking about. Um, he's kind of done with it. He wish he never did what he did. And he, he pretty much says outright, you know, we've been back engineering down craft for decades. We can do things you, you can't even wrap your mind around that we have. It'll never be let out. I mean, for, for security reasons, you know, obviously. Um, but I also wonder if there's just like here, I'm looking at the notes again from Dr. Leo's files where it, it has his first name in it, then it's blacked out. It says Warren blank from Camp Carson uh, visits ranch, felt something wrong, wouldn't go into the woods. Something took over his mind, made him walk toward the woods, released him. He could run back and this did this five times. So if there was some DARPA or some some black projects going on out there, right, at the time, mm-hmm. can you imagine the lawsuits? They would never come forward with this just for that reason alone. If they if the exactly. public knew if the public knew what they were doing out there to these townspeople, to children, to whoever was impacted and affected by these things, oh mm-hmm. my gosh, what a can of worms that would open up. Well, it, would. I mean, it makes and me angry just to think about it. Of course, and it should, because yeah. what they've been doing to us is a travesty, to say the least. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. there is so much to what you're saying. There's ownership that they don't want to take, and so there's no upside for them sharing anything of significance with us. We have to do our own digging, our own research, just like you're going out and doing that daily, which is just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. But there's, Mm -hmm. yeah, there's so much to this enormous rabbit hole. And it's good that some people have come forward and and shared information. Some people, I think, have paid with their lives, too, when they have tried to come forward. There's a number of people that I can think of that they've gone after Mm -hmm. for trying to reveal the truth. So, I mean, this is a a really interesting time to be alive. And let's... Let's hope you can get those answers, and because certainly there's some type of technology, a high technology is in play underneath that ranch because mm-hmm. you hear it, right? Yeah. And why would the right. aliens be there but to benefit from something that's going on in that area? There's definitely absolutely. something growing there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Something, something that allows them to travel. Um, in and out of some doorway or dimension. And I think that's true of all these high strangeness ranches. I think that the more we all share and the more we talk, 
you know, Trey and James and, you know, um, we're talking to um, Blind Frog Ranch, Dwayne, and all of us. And we put our heads together and we do the science and we do the work and we do the research and we do the communicating. Guess what? They can't keep us all quiet. You know, no, they can't. Yeah. I mean, and also everybody's got a cell phone. Everybody's got a camera on their cell phone. And things can be documented and sent around the world in the blink of an eye. So yes. that's why yes. we were told by an ex-FBI guy that they're not even bothering to do what they used to do because they can't. They can't control right. it the way they used to. Right. So, And I really think that's why the report came out, because people are like, why now? Why is this report coming yeah. out? Even though it was an eight-page eight kind of like fuddy-dud report, like really, yeah. that doesn't tell us a whole lot. But I think they they know that they – it's like I use the analogy of a, a small snowball going downhill. Um, the doors cracked open. They can't stop. They can't stop the avalanche from coming. So they have to do something. They have to say something. They have to release something. Um, and I think this was their attempt at doing that. And now I think we're going to find that's going to kind of not hear crickets. We're going to hear crickets for a while again mm-hmm. and, until something else yeah. kind of pushes it forward. And it's just going to be the slow process. <laughs> well, because, again, they have a whole PR team working on this. There's no question because they've renamed right. it, rebranded it. You know, they're doing a whole right. PR duda with this. The thing is they humiliated themselves once again because everybody knows what they put out was just crap. So it's not yeah. like they made themselves look any better with this campaign. Right. I think they've hired bottom-of-the-barrel <laughs> PR people who are doing a lousy job because nobody trusts them now, especially now after this report. Everybody knows yeah. they're lying to us. And mm-hmm. just like Tom reported, he said their position is they will never ever tell the American people the truth. And I think that that's where they stand. So, But, you know, there's so much going on in the skies. People are capturing it. They're putting it out on their Facebook pages, pages on Instagram, on TikTok. You're right. They can't stop this flood. So mm-hmm. um, they're trying to own it. They're trying to say, you know, we're going to be the ones that will keep you safe. Oh, really? It's such baloney yeah. for anybody to believe that one. I mean, they've been turning us over to ETs for years. <clears throat> in exchange for technology. So there's that whole avalanche of lawsuits waiting for them. But, yeah, it's right. just come clean. And, I mean, you wouldn't have to be working so hard, <laughs> Katie, <laughs> to get, <laughs> get this information truth? to us, you know? Right. And if if their answer is, look, yes, there's downcraft. Yes, we've been reverse engineering. Yes, there's technologies that we don't want our enemies to get their hands on. Yes, this is top secret. This is why, you know, ABC, this is what, you know, I can accept that. You know, I like so many other people, you know, I, I want us all to be safe. And, you know, I understand reasons that there are some reasons for some secrecy. I get that. But I think that they can do it in a way that they can disclose the fact that yes, there there are ETs, and then of course that's going to open the big Pandora's box. Oh my goodness, what deals were made? What do they want? Are they, are, you know, are they a threat to us? And all all those answers that all those questions that need answering. Um, right. So maybe they're right. trying to avoid that. Right. Well, I think they're trying to avoid culpability for what they've been doing, and so that's what they're up to. And they also want ownership of the UFO phenomenon. I mean, they mm-hmm. want everybody to think that our big, bad, whatever they are, uh, military, you know, is going to be handling this. 
But they, I've also mm-hmm. noticed that with the pilots that they trotted out to talk about the Tic Tac stuff, you know, all of a sudden I hear them saying how this one woman pilot, she was so afraid. It's like, okay, now that to me, I smell BS when I heard her say that. Mm-hmm. This is like, okay, now they're going to start turning this against us to scare us. And yeah. I think, again, that's a horrible abuse of the whole alien phenomenon. I'm not saying all ETs right. are light and love, but, right, you know, <laughs> to turn it around on us that way, uh, I'm sorry, right. but I think it's it's just one more yeah. stupid thing that they're doing. They've we've lost confidence in them, and it's they're right. not doing anything to make that change. So it's too I bad. Agree. But again, you're doing I... such great work here. Well, thank you. And I agree. I think, you know, people ask ask me, you know, because my experiences out on the ranch were pretty frightening and scary. And it could have, you know, like I I believe it's a multi- multitude of um, answers, different for occurring um, at the time. But all in all, my true belief, I fear, like what you just said, that there's um, a campaign to maybe make ET seem scary or this false flag of we're being attacked or an alien yes. invasion or however right. they're going to use it against us. That's a concern and a fear I have because it's always been my belief, you know, they've been visiting us for thousands of years, way back exactly. to the beginning of time. If right. they wanted to do something, they would have done it by now. If anything, they're looking at us going, oh, my gosh, these poor humans need help. Oh, my goodness. Like, I want them. I'm like, come on. We need some help here, guys. Like, now's the time. Like, jump in. Um, So to to frighten, there's so much fear going on right now anyway with everything that we've been going through the last year. We certainly don't need alien fear on top of it. So, yeah, I agree with you 100% on that. We don't, we certainly don't need that. (laughs) Yeah, we've we've really opened our big mouths about this a number of times. That this, if there is a fake alien invasion, everybody needs to calm down and realize it's our own government using their the reverse technology, the alien reverse technology against us. Gee, what a surprise mm-hmm. that would be! Um, right. So Yikes. yeah, I think I think you're right, and it's important to to, to realize what's going on. And who we really do need to be concerned about. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah probably right. not the ETs, right. you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I agree also, with you there. What PK, what you were saying about the sleight of hand that things aren't going to uh, they're appearing in one way, but they're not that way. I think that's so right on the money um, about all of these ranches. And you know, when you look at John Edmonds Stardust Ranch, and it'd be great if you could connect with them, Katie. They've had mm-hmm. quite a go round with with the beings at their ranch. Quite a story. Um, but it's, again, it's so great that you're you're digging this stuff up and hopefully going to get us some answers after all of this. Well, I hope so. That's my intention. And, you know, I, I joke, I, I, I laugh and I joke, but I'm like, you know, I do, you know, my kids, especially, and my husband are like, you know, you need to be careful. I certainly don't want to put myself or my family in danger by digging and digging and digging. I'm a little dog at that way. 
but I always joke out loud in case anybody's listening. I'm like, you know, a big fat paycheck. So if I go silent, all of a sudden you don't hear anything from Katie Grabowski. You're like, ah, she's been paid off. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, don't know. I shouldn't say that. <laughs> she lives in a big uh, man. No, I, I wouldn't want a yeah. big mansion there too much to clean. But um, I worry about that. So I try to be careful and I tread lightly and I, I certainly respect witnesses and, and, you know, their need for anonymity or, you know, people don't, they have fear around this topic sometimes and they don't want that stigma for careers or whatever else. So, sure. you know, it's something that you have to be very careful with and, you know, tread lightly a little bit, but at the same time, you got to keep pounding or we're never going to get answers. So Exactly. And we deserve to have answers. You know, there's a lot going yeah. on on these ranches that, I, well, I know the new owner of Skinwalker is interested in answers, so who knows? But um, yeah. it's it's just been, I mean, it's, it's oh, so frustrating for us because we've had great guests like you on and, you know, we just begin to scratch the surface with this stuff. There is so much going on in this field, and we deserve to know. We do. Yeah, absolutely. And we agree with you. They've been here forever. They've been (laughs) here for thousands of years, probably long before us. They probably created us. And so, Mm -hmm. yeah, if they were going to wipe us off the face of the earth, they would have done it by now. I agree. And I I really love what you both said about it just because I, you know, it's funny when you're so deep and so it's like when you're doing a piece of art and you notice the little things and you can't see the big picture, that's kind of true when you're researching something so heavily to step back and go, oh, this is a new perspective. But what you said about that we were just kind of nuisances in the way, like they're doing their thing. We're just in their way. They they kind of take ownership of that property of that area um and it's like we're the pesky little ants or something and maybe maybe that's really what's going on i think it is i think it's one piece of it yeah yeah absolutely but katie this has been so exciting to hear all of your adventures and and what you're doing and again uh, the name of your book is letters of love and light four decades of ufo encounters Experiences and Sightings Shared with UFOlogist R. Leo Sprinkle, Ph.D., lovely guy, and your new book, High Strangeness on a Colorado Ranch, the Colorado Skinwalker Ranch, Craft, Cattle, Copters, Cryptids, and Cover-Ups. Great title. And we can't wait for you to finish that one so uh, we can have you back on the show. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. I would love to. The more research I get, I'm all about you know sharing it with all you and all your listeners. And I'm going to be uh, headed to Nebraska tomorrow. I'm hoping to really work heavily on this thing and have it done within the next four or five months or so. So people can go to my website, katiegraboski.com, and I will definitely have updates um, on the book, and that will be released um, up on the on the website. Terrific. Oh, God, we can't wait. And if you come up with any breaking news, you better call us so we can throw you back on the show and we can hear all about it. Absolutely will. (laughs) I definitely will. Okay. Oh, that's great. Well, Katie, thank you so much. This has been an absolute pleasure. We've learned a lot listening to you tonight. And everybody will be back again next week with another great show. We've got a female remote viewer. Don't miss it. Anyways, until then, we'll see you on the Blue Highway. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night. Thanks for listening. 
Tune in next week for another radio adventure with Supernatural Girls. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.